Josh Bertaccini of the Red Zone. Let's kick it over to our interview with JB. All right, we're pleased to be joined by Josh Bertaccini. Goes by JB, of course, the host of uh, the Red Zone with JB on 92.1 The Ticket. Got to give him a follow at Red Zone 921. JB, thanks for joining the show, man. I really appreciate you. Yeah, Michael, great to talk football with you. So glad it's back, baby. It feels like it's back. Yeah, and isn't it great? We're not sitting here wondering, you know, are we gonna have a season? How the, you know, how many games we're gonna play? It's, uh, it's just full on football season, and and I'm just, I'm just damn glad that, uh, you know, we're gonna get the tailgating, we're gonna get all the festivities, and yeah. and I think it's just gonna make this season that much more special, don't you think? I really do. No, I, I think you're right. I, I, I think, you know, it's it's going to be 12 games, like you said, and the logistics of it might be kind of a, a moving target at times, but it's going to feel a lot more real than last year. And I think it's going to remind everybody how much we missed football in the first place. So, yeah, I'm pumped up, buddy, for sure. Now, I really wanted to ask you, uh, you know, of course, your show there in Arkansas, you talk to a lot of Razorback fans every day. How fired up? Is Razorback Nation for this uh, football season, given the the progress we saw from Sam Pittman and company last season? Yeah, Mike, I think you um, I think you nail it there with the segue, right? I, I think last year got people fired up a little bit. It had been, I mean, we're not exaggerating, five, six, seven years since the Hogs had really had people buzzing in a good way about the program. Not just a new coach, but some actual momentum on the field. And look, Michael, the first five, six weeks last year, Arkansas looked like one of the stunning surprise stories of the season. Obviously, they got out the gates, got two wins in their first four, and ended up three and seven. Did make a bowl game. I know TCU had the COVID issue, so the game got canceled. But the point is, they made progress last year, however you want to slice it up. I mean, Sam Pittman gave them some respectability, some stability. They did not have the depth at the end of the year to take it to the next level. But it was the year that got some buzz going here in Fayetteville again, and now that you have a full off season and another recruiting class, I think this team feels like more like it's in the mold of a Sam Pittman identity type team. So uh, people are buzzing, people are excited, and I think they definitely want to see more than three wins this year, Mike. They definitely want more than three. Well, if they're going to get it, it's probably going to be because uh, KJ Jefferson takes his game up to the next level and. And Kendall Brown's offensive system, you know, really hits a, a new gear this season. So I got to ask you the million-dollar question there in Fayetteville. K.J. Jefferson, do you believe in him? Do you think, uh, you know, I've got him as, as probably one of the best three or four quarterbacks in the SEC. Do you think he can reach those heights this season? Well, I'll say this. If he's top three or four, Michael, I think Arkansas is going to have a good year. You know, now what a good year is, again, you and I can go back and forth. I think most of the fans I talk to would say, win six games, get to a bowl game. There's no question that's progress. So, you know, what would that be? Two, three conference wins on top of three or four non-con. And the only way you're getting five, six, seven wins is like you said, if KJ Jefferson plays like one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And I don't think you're exaggerating because I think we look around the SEC, Mike, and right now, you know, there aren't quarterbacks who just jump off the page at you. And I'm not saying that the SEC historically has just had you know, loaded juggernaut quarterbacks every year. But, you know, there's a pedigree of some great ones. You think of Peyton Manning, you think of Cam Newton, you think of guys who've come through this league and and buzzed up like Joe Burrow to the top of draft boards real quick. So, you know, it's kind of surprising to see how light on paper this league is this year at QB. You know, maybe Emory Jones has a huge year at Florida, and we're not talking enough about him right now. Uh, Maybe LSU 
um, leans on Max Johnston, and he has a stunning season. But right now, I think you're more right than a lot of people realize. I think KJ Jefferson has a chance to be, you're not exaggerating, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He's a dual threat guy. We saw him put up, you know, fantasy game, uh, fantasy football type numbers in that game against Missouri to close out last year, where I think he had two rushing touchdowns, two throwing touchdowns, 400 total yards of offense. So I'm not going to say you put all the stock in one game against Missouri at the end of the season, but the fact that he looks so composed so ready to be the guy when Felipe Franks was hurt. It gives, it gives you confidence in this guy right now. Now, I will say, Mike, that he showed up to camp, and I don't know if you saw the memes online, but he's a little bigger than we thought he'd be coming in. You know, KJ carries about 230 pretty easy. I mean, he's a big boy. He's, he's a legit 6'3". So when he's 225, 230, you don't really notice it. But when he showed up to camp at 250, that you notice. So, uh, you know, he wasn't in the best of shape, maybe, but Supposedly, he's been sweating it out with everybody in camp running to the front of the line in these drills the last couple of weeks. We don't get to see all the drills. But if indeed he's, uh, he's taken off 10, 15 pounds real quick, you'll like that he's all over the playbook with Kendall Bryles. He has a good year and he stays healthy. I think Arkansas is going to a bowl game. I think you're on the money, Mike. I think he's a good quarterback, good dual threat quarterback for Arkansas. My man, KJ, he's just getting ready for these SEC uh, hits. That's all it is. <laughs> well, yeah, the extra padding doesn't hurt, Mike. It definitely doesn't hurt. Now, I wanted to ask you about uh, Barry Odom. I mean, is it, I know they're in Fayetteville. We love the guy. He's, he did a terrific job. But does it get overlooked, do you think, nationally, how good, uh, you know, he, you know, the turnaround that he led there with the Arkansas defense? Because, I mean, it. we don't have to go back that far. Two years ago, three years ago, Arkansas was – you know, one of the most dreadful defenses I've ever seen in my life in the SEC. And then flash forward to last year, you got Jalen Catalan. He looks like a legit All-American. Grant Morgan was an All-American. And uh, now we got some some incoming linemen he's brought from the transfer portal from Missouri. So, I mean, is it getting overlooked the job that Barry Odom has done so quickly there in Arkansas? Yeah, I like that you bring up Markel Utzi from Missouri, right? A guy who can play off the edge, maybe be a run stuffer. They added Ridgeway from Illinois State. He's uh, he's definitely worked his connection with the transfer portal to help Sam Pittman restock the depth here a little bit. And, and you've mentioned that a couple times, and I have too. I don't think it's any secret to take Arkansas three, four, maybe even, geez, five years under Sam Pittman to fully rebuild the depleted core here. But, you know, Barry Odom gave it a shot last year. You're right. He was aggressive. He made decisions. And look, I'm not saying that a coach just changes the talent level on a team when he walks in the locker room, but I think you watch enough football to know that I, the same thing I know, which is having purpose on offense, on defense, being on the same page, not getting caught, you know, kind of in no man's land, especially on D when you can't decide whether you're going to be really aggressive and send extra pressure or sit back and tempt teams against the zone. We saw too many guys here the last five, six years, really get stuck in no man's land, like I said. And, and if you're depleted talent-wise and you're not very precise and specific in what you're trying to do on defense, you're going to get destroyed in this conference. And we've seen it at Arkansas, like you said, too many times. So I thought last year Barry Odom shows his poison well, right? Pick your poison. He got after it. He sent extra defenders. He played up in the box. You mentioned Grant Morgan, Bumper Pool, Hayden Henry. These guys had big tackle production seasons. But again, back to what we talked about five minutes ago, Mike, they had no depth last year. So by the end of the year, 
you can be as aggressive as you want. If you don't have players left anymore, you know, first, second stringers to make plays, you're not going to win too many games. So I thought Odom had a remarkable first season. I think he showed a lot of things to the players here that they can do. And now we need to see some young guys step up, maybe a couple transfers, like you said, but you know, you can't have a great half season again. That was really good last year. That was better than we've seen in a long time. Barry Odom needs to find a way to keep this defense moving for 12 games. Cause I'll tell you, you brought up Missouri, his old, his old school. So the Hogs beat Missouri in week 12, right? And find a way to end that six year drought. I mean, I don't know how much progress you can talk about overall. You got to be able to beat Missouri. You have to beat them so that in recruiting, you can have some self respect again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a key game for the Razorbacks this season. But before we get to that one, I wanted to ask you of course, week two, home game against Texas. This is the biggest home game for the, for the Arkansas program since, since when? That's my question to you. Yeah. Wow. Good question. Good question. I might steal that from you one of these mornings and use it myself. Uh, I'll give you a shout out, of course, but no, that's a really good question. This is the biggest game for Arkansas since. I mean, I'm going to go, I'm not going to go all the way back to Petrino. I won't do that. I thought Brett Bielema, his, his third and fourth year, it looked for a second like he was knocking on the door of respectability here before it all unraveled. I think Sam Pittman leaving um, for Georgia was part of that. Anyway, I'd probably say one of those Arkansas-Alabama or Arkansas-LSU games. Remember, Beals won one of those, and uh, the Hogs have played LSU well through the years. Petrino beat him a couple times, too. So you might have to go back six, seven years for like a big-time Arkansas-LSU or a big Arkansas-Alabama game. But in terms of the non-con, I mean, I don't know. It's been so long, Mike. I mean, six, seven years at least. And for a really big non-con game, one where you sell out against a program that, you know, people nationally are aware of, maybe USC. I mean, Arkansas played USC back-to-back in 05 and 06. And that game sold out of the Coliseum and then it sold out here in favor. I think it's the third highest crowd they ever had. So you might have to go back 15 years to really think about and answer your question for a non-con game as big as Arkansas-Texas in week two. And that's not just the history. That's also the fact that Arkansas is trying to go places this year and year two. And if you're going to make a bowl game, you have to win as many non-con games as possible. And I'd argue for Texas now that they're joining the league, Mike, now that that bombshell drops on all of us, I'd say they don't want to give Arkansas an upper hand in recruiting, heading into SEC play. So I think it matters to Sark as the first-year guy. Pitt is the second-year guy. Going to be sold out. Oh, September 11th, 20th anniversary of that emotional day. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now, man. I am pumped up for September 11th here in Fayetteville. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, it could be college game day coming to town and – um, I don't know if you've seen this, but I talked to uh, Anwar Richardson from uh, he, he works for the Texas rival site and I, it's not him. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen a lot of people. They're saying, you know, the big game circled on Texas's calendar is week one, Louisiana. They're not even worried about Arkansas. And I think they yeah. are in for a real surprise when they come into <laughs> to Fayetteville. I mean, I, I don't give a damn about Louisiana. I mean, the, the Razorbacks would beat Louisiana yeah. 10 out of 10. So uh, they, yeah. they have no clue what they're in for. But uh, you mentioned Texas and Oklahoma coming into to the SEC. How do you think that affects Arkansas? And, and how do you want to see this play out for the Razorbacks 
do you want it to stay at two divisions or, or do you like the pods? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that start flooding into my head when you bring it up. I can't believe a month ago this was off the radar, and now it's like just a foregone conclusion that two college football powerhouses are coming to already far and away the most powerful conference in America. Um, you know, I'm glad that you get right into specifics. Like, forget, forget the uh, forget the notion of them coming. What's this going to look like practically? I, I'm kind of an old-school guy in the sense that I like two divisions. I just think it's easier when you look at the newspaper, look at the website, whatever, wherever you're finding your standing to, to just have an idea of what you're looking at when it's four pods broken out four different ways. I don't know. Maybe I just, uh, maybe I'm not a good enough reader, but it gets a little confusing, a little busy. So, and then how do you, de- how do you decide at the end of the year, which two of the four pod winners are the best? What is just overall record, but each team played a different schedule. So I don't know if that makes any sense either. So me personally, if I was making this decision, which I'm obviously not paid to make. I'd go two divisions. I'd, I'd move Alabama and Auburn to the east where they belong, and I would, I would put Missouri in the west. And then, yeah, and then I think you, uh, you, you, you add Oklahoma and Texas to the west, right? And all of a sudden, you've got a spot where it kind of matches up and geographically it makes more sense. So. I'd probably go in that direction as far, Mike, as, you know, because we don't have all day, but as far as Arkansas, I mean, money-wise, the rich get richer. If you're in the SEC, your SEC network uh, payments just went up from, what, $40 million to $65 million a year. So it's a billion-dollar TV conference now with a B. And if you're in the league, that's a win. You know, I talked to a number of folks here at the U of A, including the, um, the athletic director, Hunter Yurzek, last week. And he said that it's an, he said it's 100% a win in his opinion that Norman, Oklahoma immediately becomes the most proximate, the closest campus in the SEC to Fayetteville. So that's a good thing. You now have a campus that's only three hours away instead of Columbia, Missouri, which is five hours away. So that's cool. Texas itself has actually, Michael, here's a little nugget, the state with the largest alumni base for the University of Arkansas is Texas. So you have so much connection to Texas. And now you get fans down there even more reason to follow their team and maybe be a little more interested in Texas and who they're playing than they were previously. So I think those things are wins. I think logistically it's going to be a little difficult, but I think from a recruiting standpoint, Arkansas has already got enough inroads and street cred in this league that even though it's a smaller state with their facilities, they're not going to go off a cliff. I'll tell you what, I think the South Texas, because now they get on more even footing with A&M, I don't know about Oklahoma, though. I think the Sooners, their cakewalk schedule that puts them in preseason two or three every year, I think I think OU fans are about to get a wake-up call. I don't think they're going to have too many more 85% regular season win percentages. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, you know, I agree with uh, everything you just said right there. I, I didn't know that stat about uh, Texas. That's a great one. And I just think yeah. that uh, now the Razorbacks are going to be able to guarantee a game in that state every year. You know, of course, uh, not counting the Jerry World game. And I, and I think, you know, Arkansas will never lose a battle again on, on the recruiting trail to, to, to Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Teams like this, they're done. Yeah. So uh, all around good news for the Razorbacks. And last thing I got for you, JB, any, uh, any buzz about uh, – either new players emerging for the Razorbacks or maybe just uh, guys we already know and, and maybe taking their games up to a new level uh, based on uh, anything you're hearing out of camp. 
Yeah, I mean, it's good questions right there. And, uh, you know, we're, we're at that point in the season now, right, or in the preseason where legitimately every position battle matters because these are the guys we're going to see in two, three weeks. So uh, special teams is a really interesting area for Arkansas. They've been bad there for a while. I mean, they haven't kicked well. They haven't covered punts and kickoffs well, and they haven't returned well. So Scott found with Sam Pittman's boy from Georgia, and after a week first year last year, Pittman said, Oh, no, he's definitely coming back. we got to get to work here. So the talk has been Arkansas is going to be better. Cam Little is going to be their place kicker. He's a true freshman, uh, one of the first hog kickers to get a scholarship in, I think, over 10 years. So that was, uh, that was an interesting nugget to find out. Also, Greg Brooks, who had you know one of those six interceptions against Matt Corral in that game against Ole Miss last year, really good nickelback. He's going to be their punt returner, which I find fascinating. Apparently... He's got the quicks and he's got the instincts and he returned punts in a high school. And he talked to Sam Pittman and Scott down the special teams coordinator after the season last year. He said, I want to get my hands on the ball more. How do I do that on defense? They said, why don't you try returning punts? And apparently he has literally taken that job and run with it. So can Arkansas be better on special teams next year is, is a big rhetorical uh, response I have to you. And then another name I'd give you, a guy just in general, I know you brought him up in passing, but Jalen Catalan, man, this guy, he's smart. He's a leader. He plays hurt. He tackles fundamentally sound. You got NFL scouts talking about him as, you know, a top couple round draft pick already. Arkansas isn't exactly safe to you in case people haven't realized. So, I mean, to have a guy back there is kind of like a linebacker free safety all rolled into one. Uh, it's just enormous. And you saw. Last week, Steve Atwater inducted into the Hall of Fame, the greatest far and away Razorback safety of all time, and one of the NFL's greatest safeties of all time. I, I don't immediately mean to put Jalen Catalan's name in the same kind of sense as Atwater, but he's got the same tenacity and fearlessness and love for the game. Maybe an inch or two smaller, but a lot of people around here compare him to Steve Atwater. So, look, 20 years from now, we'll see if that comparison rings true, but just the fact that he's in that conversation, Mike, that tells you the kind of respect that people locally and nationally have for Jalen Catalan. So hopefully he stays healthy and has a big year for Arkansas on defense because if he does, they should be a really solid defense. Yeah, one thing before you go, you know, you mentioned Matt Corral. It's been almost a year. Every time I mention him, doesn't matter if it's an NIL, doesn't matter if it's a practice clip, it doesn't matter what it is. If I put it out there, my mentions get flooded with Razorback saying, well, hell, he just threw another <laughs> interception. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and yet everybody says he's the best quarterback. I don't know if I believe that. You think he's the best quarterback in the league? Come on now. I don't know. I got him up know. there. I got him as one of the best. I think Barry Odom, again, going back to, you know, what a great coach he is. I think he figured Giffen out. He figured Mike Leach. He exposed Mike Leach last yeah. season. So he is just one hell mm -hmm. of a coach. And I, I think the Razorbacks are lucky to have him. Yeah, me too, Mike. Hey, I love talking to you. We need to do more of this, my man. Absolutely. Well, he, he's Josh uh, Bertaccini. Check him out at Red Zone 921 there. And got to check out the show, The Red Zone with JB. I really appreciate you hopping on the on the show with me here. Absolutely, Mike. Six to nine on the daily, 92 on the ticket.com if, if your folks want to check it out. And we'll talk soon, brother. Your boy Michael comes on my show too. He's phenomenal, isn't he, folks? Thanks, Mike. We'll talk soon, buddy. All right, I hope you guys appreciated that uh, interview there. I kind of joked with old JB that uh, old country guys like myself, we call him JB for a reason. We can't uh, pronunciate his last name. So I really do appreciate him hopping on the line. He's got one hell of a show. 
that uh, I'm on quite often there in the state of Arkansas talking some Razorback football. So, hey, that's all I got on this episode of the show. Shane likes to ask at the end of all these, how much longer we got till football? As of this recording right here, we got 16 days until the first SEC Saturday. This thing is right around the corner. This is going to be the best year yet with the YouTube, with the podcast. We've got sponsors this year that are going to make the show bigger and better and ongoing negotiations with other sponsors. So 